We are about to find out if the Democratic Alliance has a future as a majority political party in South Africa. We're about to find out just how damaged their brand really is in the eyes of black South Africans, people of color. We're about to find out how much of a trust problem the DA has with many millions of voters who they would love to convince to give their ballots to the blue team. Because the Democratic Alliance has just announced that their candidate for premier of KwaZulu-Natal is a white man, openly gay, fluently Zulu-speaking, a young mayor from a tiny municipality called Umgeni in rural KwaZulu-Natal, called Chris Papas, a man who two years ago was elected mayor of Umgeni, which is a majority black voting area, and has seemingly spent two years making a success of his time in his mayorship. And so the response to Chris Papas as a candidate for premier for the whole of KwaZulu-Natal is going to teach us so much about what is really going on with the DA and the majority of South African voters. Welcome to The Issue with Dan Corder. My name is Dan Corder. South Africa is a movie. Come watch with us. Today is The Issue with Chris Papas, and we are going to dive into what exactly is going on in KwaZulu-Natal, Papas' story, and why he is such an interesting candidate for the DA to go with in the next general elections. As always, you can watch the video version of this episode on our YouTube channel and find us everywhere, all the social media. You can see the handles in the caption. You know where we are. All right, let's go, because the DA has finally done something really interesting. The Democratic Alliance has a serious problem in the eyes of most black South African voters. They have been perceived as the last horcrux of apartheid for so many years, and a lot of their actions as a party through successive leaders have only reinforced that idea. If you haven't watched Harry Potter, when I said horcrux, just think of the DA as being the last remnant of apartheid in South Africa's political scene that people are voting for. Many people maybe in the eyes of those who don't trust the DA who miss apartheid and wish some bits of it could come back or be preserved. Especially in the last 10 years and accelerating since the 2019 election, the DA has over and over again lost prominent black leaders in their party. And every single leader seems to leave with at least a wink, a nudge, an implicit suggestion that they left because they felt like the DA could not change and appeal to black South Africans, would not do so, and certainly didn't make space for themselves to be black and leaders of the Democratic Alliance. And I'm talking Lindiwe Mazibuko, I'm talking Pumzile Fandam, I'm talking Musimamane and Hoon Mashaba, but there are actually many, many, many more, particularly since 2019. Musi Maimane said that he didn't believe that the DA could be the change that South Africa needed, that it couldn't appeal to enough voters, that it didn't have the vision or the identity when he left. And since 2019, a lot of the DA's moves have kind of reinforced that argument because since 2019, they have consistently appealed to minority voting groups. Now, that in itself is not a bad strategy, but if you really want to continue to be the leader of the opposition, and you really want to cosplay that you could one day meaningfully challenge the ANC and be in power, it's not a great idea to consistently take against black communities when there are racially divided or class-divided tensions. It's not a good idea to go more right and more white to try and win back Freedom Front Plus voters. Freedom Front Plus traditionally gets the most rural, right-wing, and Afrikaans, and let's be honest, often bigoted of people. 
but that's what they've done. And they're not beating any allegations if you look at their leadership either. Like their prominent people right now are unbelievably still Helen Ziller, John Steenhazen, Jordan Hill Lewis is the mayor of Cape Town. Alan Windy is the premier of the Western Cape. Most of their most prominent leaders in other communities and areas of South Africa are white, white men like Dean McPherson or McPherson, that bastion of reality in Durban. And so it's not looking good, particularly as Musi Maimane and Herman Mashaba left the Democratic Alliance when they were in very significant leadership positions. Musi Maimane was the leader. Herman Mashaba was the mayor of South Africa's most powerful, important city, Johannesburg, and they left and started new political parties. And Maimane's new party hasn't actually contested polls yet, but Mashaba's new party, Action SA, took a raft of votes over the Democratic Alliance in Gauteng in their first ever competitive local elections. Then the DA also has a fundamental unlikability problem. And it is all of these white, generally dudes, although not Helen Ziller. But how many more wink, wink, nudge, nudge, colonialism wasn't that bad. It got South Africa to where it is today. Tweets and books do we need from Helen Ziller. Then their leader is John Stenazen. In his latest public gaffe, which he did himself, he literally exposed himself. And there have been a lot of gaffes from John Stenazen over the years. But earlier this year, he went on Facebook and dragged Lyft Airlines, said they were the worst airline in South Africa and that South Africans should avoid it at all costs. And everyone wanted to know, John, Johnny, John, 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 what happened with you and Lyft Airlines? And we later found out that he had been late for his flight, that the flight was on the runway, the kind of boarding gates had been closed, the little stairs had been moved away, everything was packed, locked and loaded, all of the luggage, it was taxiing, and John Stenhazen arrived late and threw his toys because they wouldn't turn all 200 or more passengers around, redock, open the doors, cabin pressure, put in the bags and everything just for him. Now that is a prime example of a prick. Then in Cape Town, poor Jordan Hill Lewis, the mayor of Cape Town, because he was trying to handle that disastrous taxi strike that affected so many particularly poorer people's lives, ground the city to a standstill, damaged businesses and the economy and everything. And what he really didn't need was his local head of safety and security, J.P. Smith, another white dude, coming out of nowhere and inflaming tensions, pouring petrol, expensive petrol as we now know in South Africa, but pouring petrol and diesel on this already very violent, out of control fire. J.P. Smith came out and said that for every single a vandalized or attacked bus or piece of infrastructure, he would just indiscriminately impound 25 taxis. Now, that is so stupid. One, it's not the law. That's not how the law works. Our legal system in South Africa is sensible. If you commit a crime, you get arrested and then you get taken in, you get processed, you get found guilty of doing that crime and then you are given an appropriate punishment. This country isn't a vibes country where you can come out and say that you can make up whatever punishment you deem fit that you're going to vaguely put on the whole taxi industry to punish a few individuals. It made it so much worse. It made the city seem idiotic and unreasonable. J.P. Smith, fundamentally unlikable person. Then, while we're in Cape Town, the premier of the Western Cape, Alan Windy, said that he himself would arrest Vladimir Putin if Putin came down for bricks and ever dared to set foot in the Western Cape. You and whose army? Alan, your Karen community watch groups with their WhatsApp chats. Like, what a sane, smart, incisive, useful thing to say that doesn't at all make you the subject for ridicule or make you seem silly or have pretensions of grandeur. So the DA's biggest names all have an unlikability crisis. And when you add this with the long-running distrust in the Democratic Alliance that is often backed up by bad incidents and bad strategic moves and fumbles from the DA, 
The DA's got a serious problem. And now you might almost be thinking, well, if I was the DA and I wanted to stay like this, because they probably do, right? On some level, all those big, powerful white men and Helen Ziller want to remain in power within the political party. They want to have influence and sway. They want to have the best positions and get paid the best. So they all have an incentive to stay there and to keep the DA a bit right and very white. Maybe now you're thinking, well, maybe they should try and just become a party of minority voters and just give up on the majority thing. But they are the leaders of the opposition and they're trying to pretend that they're a very serious party that needs to be taken seriously and is totally not worried about all these other new political groups that are coming up in their rearview mirrors. And so now it's so interesting because they've done something quite bold. And okay, to be clear, they have chosen another white man. But this white man is very different from all of those other white men. His name is Chris Pappas. No one had heard of him before 2021. Let me catch you up to speed if you still don't know that much. Maybe you don't stay in KZN or haven't read the Time Next 100 great leaders of the world that he was featured in. Yo, international audiences love a white South African who black people like. Hey, yo, Johnny Clegg. This is like nothing wrong against Johnny Clegg or Chris Pappas. I love Johnny's music. I am yet to know enough to know whether or not I think Pappas is good at his job or a good guy. But like, yo, they love it. Nothing tickles the heartstrings of a European or American publication more than a South Africa where black people vote for and support a white person. So here's Chris Pappas. Many things are interesting about this man. Number one, he's young. Number two, he's openly gay. Number three, he's from a tiny community in Kaizen. Umgeni municipality has got very few people in it. It's got a couple of significant name places. He's from, I think, Moy River. And then there's Howick there too. And he became interested in politics. <laughs> yes, okay, this is true. This is, this is what he says. He became interested in politics when he was at school at Hogwarts. Uh, sorry, uh, Hilton. Hilton College, which is basically the Hogwarts of South Africa. If you've seen the pictures, you'll know what I mean. Didn't, wasn't Spud, that book and then movie at Hilton, where it was literally just little castles. That was the school. Anyway, Chris Pappas, man of money, went to Hilton, born, with wealth, born into wealth. And he says that he got conscientized about the differences between people when he was at Hilton of all places. Maybe he felt not quite as rich as everyone else. So he went to university where he was on the SRC, but he wasn't with the DA. He was with Cope. <laughs> uh, Cope, remember them? Wild. So he was on the SRC with them. And then he went back to Mgeni and he decided to join the Democratic Alliance. And his reasoning for this, and this is fair, this is fair. The DA does have a very good track record of giving young people leadership positions and leadership opportunities. So he was in the DA, and so he decided to run for mayor in Umgeni municipality. And his line when running was basically what everybody does now, which is, I'm going to fix all the problems. Even the grand creator of problems, the ANC's whole shtick is, uh, we promise this time we'll fix it, we promise this time we won't make it way, 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 way worse. So Papas basically correctly identified that Umgeni municipality was in shambles, that many people weren't even getting basic services, that money was going missing, that it was a mess. And he ran on that. But many people do run on that. And it's interesting that he won. And there's been quite a lot spoken about the way that he campaigned because he campaigned in communities. He met lots of people. He shook lots of hands. And you can do that when it's a small community of people. But it must be said that it was interesting that he is fluent in Isizulu because there has been reams and reams of research on this. And it just is true that people subconsciously trust those who speak to them and trust what they're saying when speaking in their home birth mother tongue language, right? And I'm not saying that Papas got elected because he's Zulu speaking fluently. He said that he was taught it by a woman who was one of the people who raised him when he was young. 
But subconsciously, that does set you apart to make you a different kind of white dude uh, in the eyes of anybody, really. But on a conscious level, he ran on, I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to help, I'm trying to make your life better. And he consistently does this, speaks in Isizulu as much as possible, spends time speaking Isizulu with his constituents, uh, went to the Prince Magosoto Butelezi funeral. I think he offered two cows or one cow as like a, as like a sacrifice and a significance and a gift for the Butelezis, which is important in the eyes of many, many people. He's trying to show that he really genuinely means that he cares. Although, to be fair, the whole political landscape of South Africa was at that funeral, twirling for the Zulu vote. Because we know that KZN is a fascinating province that will matter in 2024. KZN is contested overwhelmingly by the Encarta Freedom Party, the IFP, the Zulu Nationalist Party. Historically, that's just what it was. And the ANC. And the IFP nearly fell apart when Jacob Zuma took all of the Zulu voters from the IFP to the ANC. And then when Zuma left, many, many, many Zulu people turned against the ANC and went back to the IFP. And so there's been huge contestations across KwaZulu-Natal between those two parties, but virtually nothing in favor of the Democratic Alliance. And that's why it's so significant, even in this tiny municipality, that a white man ran and won the mayorship in a KwaZulu-Natal zone. It shocked everyone. It may have been the only municipality that the DA won in the whole province, Umgeni, because the DA has not been tracking improvements in any significant way across KwaZulu-Natal in recent times. So Papas wins and immediately gets catapulted onto a national stage for all the reasons I've given, but also because he's openly gay, which is extraordinary in South Africa. It's extraordinary anywhere in the world because the whole world is deeply homophobic. South Africa is in particular a very homophobic country. There are awful things that happen to queer people all the time. And Papas is openly gay and always has been. It wasn't a surprise once he became mayor. He never hid it or tried to dupe voters. And to be clear, he's not the first prominent queer leader or elected official. In fact, Lynn Brown of the ANC was the ANC's premier in the Western Cape in around 2008-2009, and she's openly gay. So this isn't quite breaking new ground, but it's ground that very, very few people ever get to walk on. And so this is really significant, and it was another reason why Papas got so much attention. So for the last two years, Chris Papas has been mayor of Mgeni. And how has he done? It seems like, and this is measurable and factual, that he's done a lot of good work. He settled 12 million rand in debt. He increased, this is amazing, he increased the number of households that have access to free basic services from 133 in Umgeni to 3,005, which is obviously massive and very impressive. He's done a bunch of other cool stuff. He's invested in tourism, tried to simulate the local economy, and he's improved the municipality's audit outcome, which essentially means that he's got the books right and he managed to move Umgeni municipality from a qualified audit to an unqualified good audit. So he's done impressive work. And this, as well as the fact that he's a white dude in the DA, has caught the aggressive attention of particularly the ANC in KwaZulu-Natal, who've accused Papas of being a liar and a fraud and a populist and also racist. Now, at the point of this recording, there's no evidence that Chris Papas has done anything racist, but his most significant and maybe only major controversy on the national stage is to do with an incident of very, very shocking racism, which he was called to comment on when he was doing a Twitter Q&A on the hashtag AskPapas. At that time, you may remember that there was this horrific 
saga unfolding because a video was going viral in South Africa of white men beating up black youngsters in a swimming pool at a private lodge. And someone wants to know Papas's take on that. I'm going to read you exactly what he tweeted because this got controversy. He said, South Africans get distracted by the race debate, inverted commas, and do not focus on the life-changing issues, poverty, inequality, and unemployment. We let politicians drive hatred or distractions based on color and don't fix our real problems. Now, I'm sure you are not surprised that he got slammed for that because he was essentially saying this isn't a real problem. Now, he defended himself. He said, I'm talking about the race debate. The race debate is distracting and takes away from solving real issues. That's his spin. But he didn't spin very well. For cricket fans, this was hardly Shane Warne or Mattia Muralitharan because he still said that, because he did say that like, oh, racism is to be condemned and unacceptable and it's the worst thing. But he still didn't rank in all of his real problems when he said unemployment and service delivery and stuff. Racism as a serious issue that when talked about is not a distraction. And that's a problem because for the vast majority of South Africans of color, the vast majority, their lives are defined and influenced and shaped and are vulnerable to the racist positions and racialized treatment of them by wealthier, more powerful white people. And so for him to dismiss it, I didn't buy this spin. I didn't think it was good enough at all. Because sure, unemployment, service delivery, the rest are very real problems. But you know what is also a real, real problem? Racism and racialized treatment of people, race-defined treatment of people that influences the opportunities people get, whether they feel comfortable and safe, what kind of lives they can live. So that was a real mess up on his part and does not look cute to me at all. So aside from that, he's had no incidents involving discussions of race. There are no videos of him being racist or awful. But he's been having a real back and forth with the ANC. So this is what happened. There's an area in Umgeni municipality which lost electricity for a while. And there were protests and strikes and burning of tires on major highways in that area of the municipality. And Papas accused the ANC of stimulating and strengthening those strikes to try and make him look bad, humiliate him, tarnish his reputation. The ANC denied it, and then there was a big spat, and it basically came down to what it often does, which is, whose fault was it this time that there was no electricity? Was it the national government, ANC government's fault, and ESCOM and related nationally provided infrastructure? Or was it the local government's fault? Was it his and his team's fault that there was no electricity in that area? But that's an example of ways that he has already been fighting with the ANC. He's famous online for calling out ministers and calling out different significant people, even in national government, saying that they haven't done enough or stuck by their promises. So that's the story of Chris Papas so far. And now he's been announced as the premier candidate by the Democratic Alliance in KwaZulu-Natal. And I must be clear... I don't think anybody believes he's going to win. That's not how he should be measured because the DA is not particularly strong, especially in black and rural communities in KwaZulu-Natal. They just don't get a lot of votes for reasons I've described before. They're a bit stronger where there are white areas, wealthier areas, and also minority areas like Indian areas in KwaZulu-Natal. So it's extremely unlikely that the DA will suddenly now have a premier in KwaZulu-Natal. But how much Papas overperforms versus local DA candidates for smaller 
government leadership positions or how much he over or underperforms relative to the DA's national performance or how he performs relative to the last candidate for the Democratic Alliance for KwaZulu-Natal is going to be so telling of the DA's future and their current issues with trust and likability and appeal to black voters. Because Papas's track record is already that he has got the overwhelming community support of admittedly a very small community of, by most reports, over three-quarter black voters. And he's delivered in an impressive way. And you don't need to take my word for it. You can look at the factual evidence, but you can also look at interviews with community members from Mugeni who are very impressed with him and happy with his work, black community members. So it's very hard to take that and turn it into national appeal, a nationally recognizable face that many people will vote for. But so many people now want to talk to Chris Pappas because he's so interesting and so unusual. He's got so much press attention. In the last 48 hours, people have already been talking about him as like first gay president or first white president of New South Africa, which again, I think is stunningly unlikely. I mean, particularly if you're running with the DA, but generally stunningly unlikely for a while. But the fact that people are already saying, like, Papas instead of Steenhuisen for national leader is crazy. And so, despite coming from a very small municipality and not having a huge amount of infrastructure around him or a big team yet, although the DA will build it, he's got this attention from the national media. He's got this attention from politicians across the country. They want to talk to him. They want to talk about him. They want to drag him. They want to understand him. And that means that he, in the next nine months to a year before the next elections, will be able to put his face out, his voice out, and tell people why they should vote for him. And let's say he does do better than expected. Let's say that he outperforms the average. Let's say he outperforms previous DA nominees. Let's say he outperforms DA people running in various positions nationally and locally in 2024. That's really interesting because it will immediately create an identity crisis within the Democratic Alliance about what kind of leaders they should be picking, the ones that are already in national government and not particularly popular doing well, or, I mean, heaven forbid, a black person at Democratic Alliance. Uh, Obviously, they need to get black leaders. Of course they do if they want to do well. But someone like Papas is a very, very, very different kind of white South African who seems to be doing, seems to have done quite well. And if he does well again on a national level, there will be some serious pulling of teeth. And I think it'll be really fascinating. And I can imagine a real kind of crossroads moment within the Democratic Alliance about who should lead and how they should lead. And of course, let me say again, I'm completely politically neutral. I just watch like all of you do. That's why this show is about South Africa's movie, Come Watch With Us. I'm not saying that the the DA should do this or that based on my hopes that the DA will do well or not, because I don't have those hopes I'm just watching. But it's, it, it must be a fascinating prospect how Papas does for the strategists in the DA and their donors who want the Democratic Alliance to be more than just a collection of minorities represented in a singular voice in South Africa's future. So that's the issue with Chris Papas. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single week you subscribing and sharing and telling friends about the show. It's been really, really lovely to hear such good feedback. And you can give us more of that on any of our social medias. Uh, Again, you can go and watch the YouTube video version of this episode on YouTube at The Issue with Dan Corder. And you can find us on all the social medias. The details are in the caption to this video. Episodes come out once a week. And so we will see you next week. Cheers.